0: The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all the seeds. But when it, is grown to its great, it grow, when it is grown, it is the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which someone found and hid, and then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, The kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and caught fish of every kind. When it was full, they drew it ashore, sat down and put all the good into baskets, but threw out the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the furnace of fire where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all this? They answered yes, and he said to them, Therefore, every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like the master of a household who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. So this is what I call the Jesus' greatest hits of parables today. The kingdom of heaven, it's like a mustard seed. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast. It is like a hidden treasure in a field. It is like a merchant in search of a fine pearl. It's like a net thrown into the sea that catches a bunch of fish Jesus says, have you understood all this? And they answered, yes. Do we really think they got it? I have my suspicion. Yes, I get it. But Jesus, what do you mean by the pearl? Give me a little more on that. What do you mean by the treasure? What do you mean by the mustard seed? Basically, what Jesus is saying here is a continuation from last week. We are to grow in our faith, and as Christians, inch by inch. And in this growing, there is a secret sauce. In order for the mustard seed to grow, the bread to rise, the search for treasure and fishing to be successful, in order for growth and abundance this secret sauce that puts it all together, is the love of God. With the love of God, the good has a better chance at prevailing. Because of the love of God, we can grow into decent human beings, no matter our age. We can grow as a community and in community. We're told often in the church that we are indeed loved by God. But do we really feel that we are loved by God? And we're kind of like the disciples. Yes, I believe it. Do I? Do I? Do we know it to be true? Maybe we don't even know what that means. It can sometimes sound a little abstract. God loves you. It can be like a throwaway line. God loves you. What does it mean to be loved by God? If God loves me, why do I have not have everything that I want? If God loves me, why do I suffer pain and loss? If God loves me, why do I sometimes feel a lack of meaning or purpose in my life? Why am I not happy if I'm loved by God? It means that inch by inch, to be loved by God, it means that inch by inch, mustard seed by mustard seed, we are brought out of darkness into truth. And that truth is what will bring us joy even amidst our suffering and our pain. Does it mean that when we don't feel these things that we aren't loved by God? Absolutely not. It just means we need to be reminded. Well, that may not sound very fun or exciting, and it may sound like God's love is something minuscule and unnoticeable. But God's love is a constant, and it doesn't have the spikes and the valleys that we expect when we think of love or falling in love. Our experiences have highs and lows, but God's love is constant throughout, and it never leaves us. And what that means is that when we are feeling unstable, it's like we're walking on a tightrope, we always have the, the option to grab on for security, because there's this lifeline that is just going straight across. And so when we feel unsettled, we just reach up and grab it, grab that lifeline, we always have the option to grab onto this security. And I know, I know it is harder than we think. And I, and I have to tell you, it's not about believing. It's about trust. And I'm not gonna ask you to believe today, I'm going to ask you to trust. And trusting is harder. We have to be led into trust. Trust is about discovery, and that is the Christian walk. I do want to say, though, that just because God loves us and we trust that we'll never experience struggle or pain, that's not what I'm saying either. It's to know that when we are in times of struggle, God is our company in the dark. The original word that is translated as belief or faith in the New Testament actually means trust and loyalty, engagement, commitment. Basically, we are asked to trust and stay committed. When we say the Nicene Creed after this sermon, we will say, I believe in, and then we list all these things that we believe in. The better and more accurate translation of trust credo, which is where we get creed, and which means I believe, the more accurate translation is I give my heart to. This means we are not robots who just get fed an algorithm and then we go on our way. That's not what Christianity is all about. Some may tell you, oh, well, in order to be a Christian, you have to believe this, 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 and this, and then you can come be a Christian and be part of our community. We're not robots. There's no algorithm here. What separates AI, or artificial intelligence, with humanity is our hearts and our freedom. We choose what and who to give our heart to. Sometimes we don't have a choice when our heart is so ignited with the flames of truth we can't help but love. But we always can say, I am going to put my heart into this. I am going to give my heart to this. When we think of belief or faith, we shouldn't think of having an opinion on a fact. Because it's it's much more active and dynamic to remember that we are giving our heart to something. Or putting our trust in something, knowing that that in this process there will be revelation. Revelation. Always, and this revelation is always going to lead us to discovering something new. And in the case of today's readings, we are putting our heart into and trusting that God loves us, that we are worthy, that our lives, they have purpose beyond what we can even see and you might be thinking, well, you know, God's love is great, but I really want the love of people around me because that's the love that I crave and that's the love that I want. And I don't understand or feel a love from the divine because it doesn't feel immediate and it doesn't feel tangible. I, can't, I feel like I can't touch that. But listen to what Paul says in the letter to the Romans, the the reading that we heard today. He says, We know that all things work together for good, for those who love God, who are called according to God's purpose. God's love for us reminds us, in what Paul is saying in Romans there, God's love for us reminds us that we are to love God too. That when we tap into that steady flow of God's love for us, we learn to love God in return. And loving God in return means we love the people around us. It's actually very, very simple. It's this circular equation. But think of God's love for us I like to always uh, associate it with the Gulf Stream. Like Once you catch that Gulf Stream, you're going to just like, go with it in this nice, warm flow of water. And you're going to travel to territories unknown, trusting that that Gulf Stream, that flow, will, will carry you through and past the dangers, past all the sharks, and away from the dark, cold waters that we may encounter or that may be all around us this is why when we hear this passage from romans that we heard today i'm going to read it read it again not the whole passage but uh, for i am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. That's why we hear that very often, that passage from Romans, at funerals. Because this is when we are at our lowest, when we suffer the loss of a loved one. Being separated from that love that we have for someone is is devastating. And it feels sometimes that life cannot go on and that there's no way, absolutely no way, that happiness or joy will ever come again. And telling someone that they shouldn't be sad about their loss because they have God, I'm not saying that because that is definitely not going to cut it. And no pastor worth their salt should ever tell anyone that. But what God's love does it, God's love carries us through the grief, through the separation. God's love will carry us through to the other side, but we have to, we have to remember that. We have to, to trust that, that that lifeline is always there. Just reach up, just reach up. Sometimes we, we stop ourselves in order to feel some control in our lives when things seem out of control. But nothing separates us from the love of God. However, there are plenty of things out there that separate us from loving God, that keeps us from that circular love equation that I was talking about. Plenty of barriers that we put up or accept that push God's love away. Because sometimes we feel like we're not worthy oh, I can't, I, I just can't accept that right now. I'm gonna go wallow in my despair. I, I can't be loved by God. And I tell you this because I'm gonna give you one of my greatest hits for today, which I've told you many times that I can recall m- many years ago as a young person when I, I truly did think that I was unworthy of God's love, like, like I could never be good enough that Christians in my mind had a lot of rules and I could never be perfect. I could never, I could never fit into a Christian world or, or, or to a, uh, a church for that matter. I thought you couldn't be flawed and I, and I thought that you couldn't be a Christian unless you were perfect. And I, and, I, and I thought that based on what I saw about Christians in the media, that you had to have it all worked out and then you be- can become a member. And I remember going to this small service. I had just become a Christian and and had a conversion, and it was a Thursday morning. It was a right one service in the Episcopal Church, and I was sitting there, and I was very sad, and I was very dour, and I just thought, oh, I need to repent, and I need to be guilty about all of these things, even though I hadn't done anything that that was like crazy bad, but, but I... I just felt like, oh, I'm just this bad person. I was mean this one time, or I, you know, I just didn't feel like I was worthy of God's love, you know, to the extent that everybody was telling me all about that. And I was feeling so bad for myself. Um, I didn't. Maybe there were times I didn't treat people well. I wasn't as honest as I should have been. And so I remember, you know, I, I took it kind of far. I'm an overachiever, like I like to say. I was going farther than I should have with my guilt. And The priest gave this sermon and he said um, You know, he didn't know what I was going through But he said thinking that God doesn't love you is really selfish because thinking that you aren't good enough is selfish and 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 it was like he was talking directly to my angst He said because what makes you think that your badness is greater than God's goodness? And I repeat this over and over again in my sermons I like to say it once a quarter because we forget I gotta tell myself that too. That what makes you think that you're so special? That your badness is greater than God's goodness? I mean, who are you, right? Wow, that is just, that just, that just, ah, that just releases everything to me. And I have never forgotten that. And I will admit that. And I'll probably say this again in maybe November. (laughs) So, uh, just as, like I say, just as Jesus has given you uh, greatest hits today. Um, so, you know, I'm thinking, you know, when I think about what he said, I, I think, you know, do you have to, do we, do we have to say that God doesn't love us, right? Like, like, why do we think that we don't deserve it? But we can just accept it. It's a relief. It's a weight off our shoulders. If we just let that go and go, okay, I'm, I'm just going to put my trust in that. You know, some hardliners like to say that the gospel is not about self-help and shouldn't be used that way. But I think that we need all the help that we can get. And I don't think that it's bad to think of the gospels as helping us transform our hearts and our our way of life so that we live a better life. I think that's the point of it. So we all need a lot of self-help so that we can go out and help the world. So we all need a little self-help once in a while. And remember that we are all spiritual, but it is religion that guides us and keeps us on the path. With all the things out there in the secular world, the principalities, the rulers, the angels, the powers, the heights, the depths, all those things that we hear about in Romans, all those things that may try to separate us from the love of God, it's good to know that we don't have to let them. And church reminds us of that. When we hear what, what we call the word of God in a liturgical setting or on, on YouTube if you're listening or watching from home, we take these words, these prayers, the music, my translation of scriptures in my sermon, Suzanne's, we take these words out of the secular space and we put it into a sacred time We step away from our ordinary thought process and we give ourselves over and allow ourselves to step into a place where God's revelation can break into our everyday thoughts. That's part of why going going to church is important to experience and maybe get some understanding of what the kingdom of God can be like. So Jesus gives us many ways to understand God's love in the, in the expression of the kingdom of God. It's like a mustard seed. It's like yeast. It's like hidden treasure. It's like a merchant in search of fine pearls. It's like a net catching fish. What Jesus is trying to say to them in these parables is that God's love can make the smallest and most insignificant of things into big things, the most ordinary into the extraordinary, that the kingdom of heaven resides in us, sometimes as tiny as a mustard seed, and it never leaves us. It is always there. Nothing, nothing separates us from this love of God. And finally, I'm going to give you one more great, Greatest Hits. One last story to add to my album. Driving on the way to my daughter's summer camp when she was little, maybe six or seven, I had the news on in the car, and there was a story about debates in the Department of Justice about discrimination and civil rights, and there was this whole thing going on. And my daughter was in the backseat of the car listening to the news, and she asked me what civil rights meant. And I told her that it means all people are considered equal under the law and should have the same rights, and that some people, unfortunately, wanted to take those rights away from some other people. And it was silent for a minute or so in the car, and then they hear this little voice in the backseat say, THAT'S MEAN. I AGREED WITH HER, I SAID, YEAH, THAT'S MEAN. AND THEN SHE SAID AFTER ANOTHER THOUGHTFUL PAUSE, THEY JUST DON'T KNOW THAT THEY REALLY AREN'T THAT WAY. THEY REALLY AREN'T MEAN. THEY'VE JUST FORGOTTEN DEEP DOWN INSIDE. LIKE, OKAY, YOU'RE RIGHT. THEY REALLY really ARE NOT THAT WAY, THEY JUST FORGOT. And we aren't really that way. The seed for the kingdom of God is still there. It's still here. We sometimes just forget. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Remember that and savor that, marinate in it. Above all, you know, buy it, purchase it, keep it as a treasure, as a pearl. Don't forget who you truly are, a beloved child of God like everyone else in this very chaotic world. Amen.